Good evening. I am Lucas Owens, and you are listening to a very, very special Saturday, Sports Saturday version of Hate the Player, Not the Game on KCOU 88.1 FM and streaming online at KCOU.FM. First time for me being on the mainstream. Well, uh, before we get started today, just wanted to uh, make a certain little statement. Um, Rudy Bosch, survivor legend Rudy Bosch from season one, has uh, passed away from Alzheimer's disease. Um, he was a uh, fantastic survivor player, which part of the reason the first season of the show was amazing. Besides that, it was just an all-around fantastic human be- being. Um, former Navy SEAL, I believe, inducted in the first class of Navy SEALs. Um, just a uh, wonderful human being, um, revolutionized reality TV, really, with how he acted on that first season, especially with Richard Hatch, who ended up winning that season, but his relations with him as Richard Hatch was a gay man. But uh, just a very very open-minded, fantastic human being, and uh, will be forever missed. Rest in peace, Rudy Boach. Well, uh, today's format of the show is going to be slightly different than normal because today we actually have college football today, unlike most Tuesdays, as sadly the Mac does not seem too akin to playing football on Tuesdays anymore, which of course I am not too happy about as I usually have plenty of time on Tuesdays, but you can't win them all. You can certainly not win them all, but yeah, let's... Start with some college football recaps. Georgia Southern took down number 20 Appalachian State. A big, close statement win for Georgia Southern, the Eagles. Um, App State coming into that game, of course, ranked number 20 in the AP poll. Will most likely not be ranked number 20 this coming week. But uh, they their undefeated season's just over. Again, Georgia Southern destroyed App State this time, at, believe at Georgia Southern, but uh, has beaten App State just as soon as they enter the rankings. Georgia Southern's right there, deeper than hate rivalry, weeknight game, just to take them down, second year in a row. Wesley Kennedy um, for Georgia State had 145 yards and two touchdowns of really Big performance by him there. Just an all-around great performance from the Eagles. Um, all right. Next, getting into some spooky Big 12 football with undefeated Baylor hosting West Virginia. Um, the spooky Bears actually beat West Virginia 17-14. to Staved off the upset attempt. Still undefeated. 8-0 and now. So, only four games left. Still got Texas and Oklahoma to play. So... Don't count your chickens just yet for the Baylor Bears, but so far they've really flown under the radar. I know they're ranked pretty high right now, but for an undefeated team, not too much talk about them, especially with SMU also being undefeated and even being in a group of five state just uh, seems uh, pretty interesting. But a special team came in very clutch, blocked that last second field goal, and uh, yeah, just saved off overtime. But um. Charlie Brewer for the Bears got 277 yards and two touchdowns. Huge job for him. And then, uh, 
Yeah, so Baylor now still on top of the Big 12 with Oklahoma, of course, taking that loss last week to the unranked Kansas State Wildcats. We'll get more on them later. But uh, they still have Oklahoma and Texas left. Kind of look to be the front runner to get that second spot in the Bay 12 championship game alongside Oklahoma. He's kind of been penciled in there all year. But uh, definitely could see it going either way in their games against Oklahoma and Texas, especially Texas with how the uh, Longhorns have been playing this year. Well, that does it for Thursday. And, of course, let's get to the conference. We all hold dear to our hearts the American Athletic and Navy and UConn played last night in East Hartford. So Navy, Navy traveling a little bit. But uh, UConn went back to their losing ways, get their first win of the season, then second win of the season, excuse me, don't want to forget Wagner. But uh, yeah, UConn just keeps following on the losses. I believe they are not bowl eligible anymore. 56-10 to 10 loss. Um, Navy just continues to dominate teams this year with the strength of their triple option. And uh, just their ability to pass the ball this year has been a lot better than in years past. So Malcolm Perry continuing to get the coaches to trust him and his arms, like I said. One passing and two rushing touchdowns for the sophomore quarterback. He looks to really be what Navy would want in a QB for the triple option system because he's able to read off defenses really well. And he's also able to actually pass the ball, which is rare for a triple option quarterback to be able to do both of those things. But uh, Jack Zergaitis, the UConn QB, continued to struggle. Only 205 yards, no touchdowns, just not the best performance by Jack Zergaitis there. Moving on to Saturday, some more American Athletic Conference action. UCF got some space in the second half over Houston. Um, Yeah, like I said, they were wearing their space uniforms today. Of course, a nod to how close they are to the NASA launch site and how the school was founded to supply engineers actually to NASA encouraging the space race but uh very nice looking uniforms um but yeah the the knights were actually down early in that one 10 to 0 um clayton toon has been really settling into his role as quarterback at houston nicely with Derek king gong and he's been uh, getting a lot more comfortable throwing the ball downfield which is a huge plus for him because lately he's been really able to you know, hit the ball out short, but uh, to be able to throw the ball downfield is a nice change for him. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, though, the UCF QB from Hawaii, a true freshman, just improving week by week. Um, 298 yards and three touchdowns for Gabriel. A great performance by him there. Certainly did not expect this with Brandon Wimbush coming in and Mac returning. Certainly did not expect the two freshmen to gain this to be getting this much time. And then uh, a huge performance by Bentavius Thompson with two rushing touchdowns for UCF just shows the depth of the Knights because he's probably their third or fourth best running back behind a few guys, but just still absolutely electric. And so UCF these past few games has really been looking like they did 
the past two seasons where they, of course, went undefeated up until facing LSU in the Fiesta Bowl last year. But uh, those two losses just really going to kill them. When you're a group of five team, you absolutely cannot take any losses. So Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, just bad nights for the Knights. Um, just really close losses have been coming to bite them in the butt. Well, getting into more action, Wake Forest, number 23 Wake Forest, took down NC State at home in a blowout, 44-10. to Certainly very unexpected for those who have not been paying attention to the Demon Deacons in the past few years because they have been sneakily good. Only two losses, I believe. Um, just... Uh, been building themselves up for a few years behind the scenes. Wake Forest kind of used to be in the bottom of the ACC and have slowly been uh, building themselves up. And especially in a down year for the ACC, I've been able to really excel. Um, quarterback Jamie Newman has been a very key piece for the Demon Deacons so far this year, though. And he was, again, today, 287 yards and three touchdowns, so a fantastic performance from him there. Well, Nebraska, with the next game, uh, Nebraska dropped their fifth of the year. Not looking too good for Coach Scott Frost, um, stunned by Purdue 27-31 off of a late drive by the Boilermakers. Um, Purdue, of course, coming off of a fantastic 2018 season still uh, still found a way to uh, become injured all of this year and then still found a way to again beat the Nebraska Cornhuskers so after all of the hype a lot of people just really got to ask what has happened to Nebraska and honestly I can't say that anything has this is just the way their program is going, I mean, maybe in a few years it'll be something different. If something different, if they keep continue continuing to improve, but to expect them to improve drastically is a little too much to ask. I believe they might get bowl eligible, but still, not exactly sure about that. Jake Plummer, though, for Purdue, don't want to stick too much on Nebraska. He had 242 yards and two touchdowns passing for the Boilermakers. Big part of the win. Um, Adrian Martinez, though, for Nebraska. Not the best quarterback Nebraska has ever had, but he's been getting the job done. He's a perfectly fine quarterback. 247 yards passing and two touchdowns rushing. No passing touchdowns. And then right before we go to break, just want to quickly look at the Liberty Flames against the UMass Minutemen. Liberty beat UMass 63-21. to um, Yeah, and the team that I hate most for reasons completely unrelated to football continues to win. Georgia won a nail-biter in Jacksonville, Florida against the Florida Gators. 24-17, to a closer-than-comfort game for Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Jake Fromm had a pretty good day. 279 yards and two touchdowns, which doesn't seem like much, but against a fantastic defense like the Gators, uh, that's all you can ask for. But uh, Kyle Trask, 
the filling quarterback for the Gators with Felipe Franks out, had a fantastic performance also against a vaunted defense with 257 yards and two touchdowns. And before we get into the rest of the recaps, let's look at how the scores are right now. Auburn, number 11, currently beating Ole Miss 20-7. Ole Miss has the ball in the third quarter at their own 39. And a little bit of a shocker here in the American Athletic, East Carolina currently 0-4 in the AAC. 31-21 to is how much they're winning by two scores. Cincinnati starting out with the ball in the third quarter. Uh, currently have the ball on their own 46 in third down. Holden Aller is absolutely having himself a day. 316 yards and three touchdowns so far. Uh, Desmond Ritter not looking too hot so far for the Bearcats against the Pirates defense. Then, of course, the big game in the American Athletic, like I talked about last week on Tuesday's Hate the Player, Not the Game. Memphis beating SMU 20-17. to Memphis with the ball in at SMU's 23-yard line, looking at a big third and very long play to close out the second quarter. SMU very close that game, almost at half. Another a little bit of a shocker here. USC beating number seven, Oregon, 10 to seven. Um, Oregon currently has the ball, but certainly a shocking uh, performance right now for the Ducks. Probably will turn that around soon. And that is all we have for the current top 25 games. But yet there is still one top 25 game after that. And that is... Boise State at San Jose State, my hometown San Jose State Spartans, absolutely having themselves a fantastic year considering the state of their program at 4-4. Four and four. Josh Love, absolutely huge, on fire right now. 2,355 yards so far on the season through just eight games. Phenomenal performance by him. Uh... Don't want to shout out my high school too much, but fellow alumni of my high school, Cade Hall, named a Mountain West Player of the Week last week on defense for his performance at his position. Um, this prob- this upset probably not going to happen, if I'm to be honest. Boise State are 16.5-point favorites, but I'm honestly giving the Spartans a little bit of a chance Uh will certainly be a huge win if they're able to pull it out. Um, would almost shift the program from a team that won just one game a few years ago to being able to beat a team as good as the Boise State Broncos. Well, that's enough for games going on and games to come. Let's talk about what has happened Miami beat Florida State 27 to 10 to get to 500. Now both teams are 500 at four and four. Jaron Williams, the quarterback for Miami, had a great day with 313 yards and two touchdowns. Miami defense held FSU to 233 yards, so not a fantastic performance by the Seminoles. And Florida State for the second year in the row in a row 
looking like they were going to have a difficult time getting bowl eligible. Really, that program has taken a huge landslide ever since Jimbo Fisher left for that payday at Texas A&M. Well, and then we have another program that has been sneakily good this year. Yes, it is the Oklahoma State Cowboys who took down TCU 34-27 to just a week after the Horned Frogs took down Big 12 foe Texas to get them Texas's third loss of the season. So Cowboys just have gone completely under the radar. Hasn't gone under the radar, though. Cuba Hubbard, the Oklahoma State QB, has absolutely been on fire this year. Great performance in this game, just improving his Heisman case all around. Well, don't want to focus too much on the big conferences. Let's get back to some American Athletic Conference play. Tulane, the Green Wave, beat Tulsa 38-26. to Tulsa, officially probably the most unlucky team ever in the American Athletic. Maybe even, I don't want to say this again, the best 2-7 team in history. But uh, Tulsa, not, not lucky here again. I mean, this game didn't really come down to just sheer luck, so it's a bit more comfortable of a loss for the Golden Hurricane, but still has to sting after how close they came to being both Memphis, Navy, and, excuse me, not Navy, and SMU. But uh, the Golden Hurricane will not be going bowling this season, 2-7 and seven right now. Um, Zach Smith, who's been a fantastic quarterback for the Golden Hurricane, says that he loves how this offense works. Um, just 270 yards and one touchdown today, so the Green Wave nullifying that a fair amount. Um, but Tulane's offense not not being nullified. 474 yards overall. Of course, with their spread option, most of those coming off of runs, um, but a huge factor in that uh, margin of victory for them, a scoop and score that they got off of Tulsa just at about the five-yard line to seal their win. And the green wave after their slight ineptitude the last few years has really been turning around their program. They are going bowling this year. Just one of the first American teams to do American athletic teams to do that. So a good job there by the Green Wave. Not so good job by the Golden Hurricane. All right, time to get into more small conference action. North Texas absolutely destroyed University of Texas El Paso today, fifty-two to twenty-six. UTEP, of course, two wins on the season. They are not a good football team, but uh, just really wanted to focus on this game for one reason, and that is Mason Fine, the North Texas quarterback, having a little bit of a down year after a fantastic 2018 campaign, had an absolutely fine 332 yards, but that's not the impressive part. He had seven passing touchdowns today. Phenomenal performance by a fine quarterback there. And then... Lastly, got some service academy football um, triple option play. Air Force learned how to stop Army, 
and Army continues their bad season, 17-14. to 14. Air Force win. Uh, Air Force had to make a lot late defensive sin to win it, but uh, they did so. Good day for the Falcons defense. Anytime you can hold a team like Army that can really beat you down to 14 is a good job. Air Force already one win above bowl eligibility, seven wins so far. Army, though, not looking so hot. Well, uh, that is all I have for the recap. And as I say that, Cincinnati has scored again, and SMU Memphis has gone to halftime with Memphis leading 23-17, but Cincinnati now only down three to East Carolina. Welcome back to a special Hate the player, not the game. Let's go around the NBA. All right, let's start. Where in the world is Zion Williamson? Uh, I mean, that injury definitely has to hurt the Pelicans and the NBA. I mean, everybody, especially including myself, huge self-proclaimed Zion believer. Um, just uh, stuff, stuff to tough to see. Um, at one and four, as of. When I looked this over, so with OKC to see. Um, but uh, certainly missing the big man at power forward. Talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I'm very excited to see how he looks in the NBA. Of course, we saw him briefly in the summer league. Got very excited for him in the preseason. Sad to see him not start this season. But what can you expect? Would rather him be healthy and have... A very long career. Looking forward to it, though. All right, now let's start with some Eastern Conference teams. Philadelphia 76ers still undefeated for an O. Al Horford, the new add to the 76ers roster. Not more than you can expect, but he is doing very well in his role so far. Someone that isn't doing too good at keeping out of fights. Joel Embiid, of course, talking about the huge fight he got into with with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, not a good look for him there. Well, certainly, that suspension will certainly cost them in the future at some point. But uh, they're definitely deep enough to really counteract that. But having a dominating early season... Definitely showing themselves to be extremely tough so far. We just have to stay healthy and can definitely see them making a lot of noise out in that Eastern Conference. A team that I did not expect to be playing this well, the Miami Heat, 4-1 so far. Very, very good team. Jamie Butler, great ad for the Heat, but uh, not much so far. We'll certainly look to, for him to... Start playing better. I mean, of course, only he's only played two games, so we'll hope to see more from him in the future. But definitely turning the corner with a reinvigorated roster behind Jimmy Butler. Goran Dragic, uh, 16.4 points this season. A good start for the point guard, of course, caring more about distributing the ball. Somebody that's been having a great season for the Heat, though. Shooting guard Kendrick Nunn who uh, is leading the squad right now with 22 points per game. So a great start by none there. And then the Boston Celtics, surprisingly, again, 
Not so much if you realize how big their depth is for the Celtics. Um, still looking strong without Kyrie Irving, who, of course, is on the Nets, who themselves aren't doing very hot right now. But they are also 4-1. Lone loss to Philadelphia on opening night. Yep. Um, excuse me, second night. Um, needed every second to beat the Knicks a second time, but still looking very good. Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker leading the charge, looking very electric. Gordon Hayward improving on his injury recovery last year. Of course, from that injury, he sustained opening night a few seasons ago, but still looking very good, definitely improving. Let's talk about Kemba Walker a little bit more. 32 points, 32 and 33 are his lines for the past three games, so... Definitely a great job there. And with how much the Celtics spread it around, that line, absolutely amazing for Walker there. Hayward has been the rebounding force for the Celtics, which, of course, is what you would expect carrying on from his days in Utah. And Brown's hair with the new look, not weighing him down anymore. He's just going crazy all over the floor, being a very, very nice two-way player. But... um. Celtics, it's kind of surprisingly to some, going to be in the thick of the race this year. And before we get to the Western Conference, going to look back at some college football. Auburn still winning 20-7. Ole Miss with the ball deep in their own territory. East Carolina driving right now. Third and goal at the Cincinnati 3. SMU Memphis is at halftime. So uh, not too much going on there, of course. And Oregon and USC. Oregon, since I last talked, must have been a big jinx for the Ducks. They are now winning 21-10 to 10 over the Trojans. This have had a fantastic second quarter. But let's get back to some basketball. And first of all in the West, of course, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Definitely improving over last year. 4-1 currently. Except for their loss opening night to the Clippers have looked incredibly strong um they needed overtime to beat dallas but still a strong performance considering that dallas has luka Doncic right now who's been he's absolutely carried on completely from how he played last season so a great job in carrying out that victory and then probably most surprising of all to me is anthony davis i expected anthony davis to kind of slide into that role over time, take a little bit of time to adjust to playing in L.A. He's already averaging 29 points a game. They're five games into the season. I don't know what to expect anymore. I think the Lakers are going to have a dominant 2019 campaign, considering if they keep healthy for both Anthony Davis and LeBron. If either of them go down, things are going to go down for the Lakers. Um, And then... Pretty surprising considering that they were kind of in the lower tier of Western Conference playoff teams last year are the San Antonio Spurs very much improving. They're also 4-1. Uh, Patty Mills and DeMar DeRozan have been playing very well together. They're starting to gel increasingly. Um, just a nice job of moving the ball around. LaMarcus Aldridge, of course, what do you expect? Contributing as he does. Just been a great power forward for them. And uh, they're just playing a really good team game. DeRozan seems to fit right in, of course, in his second year with the Spurs. 
but has been fitting right in so far. Then let's get to the other side of the Embiid fight. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they are 3-1 and one with their lone loss to the 76ers, of course, without cap for the latter parts of that game because of the fight. Um, so their cat, the Cat and Embiid throwdown cost cap for the game tonight. We'll see how that affects them. Um, but Andrew Wiggins has been turning a corner himself this year. 20 points a game so far this year. Certainly seems to be doing good. But defense has certainly been key for the Timberwolves, keeping teams down to their level and not allowing too much points. Seem to be improving in that front. And then the Los Angeles Clippers already got their second loss of the season. A little bit of a shock. We're to lose by 14 to the Jets for the Clippers. But when you look at that game, Kawhi Leonard was resting already. So, uh... Kawhi's already taken some load management. That's, of course, is going to affect them. I mean, when you take Kawhi and Paul George out of the picture for the Clippers, they're just a little bit worse than they were last year, which is, of course, still saying something because they're really good last year. They were a playoff team without those two last year. But um, the Clippers aren't playing for the regular season. They're playing for championships, so can't fault them too much for sitting Kawhi. Um, you want to keep Kawhi Leonard healthy and you want to keep him happy. You don't want to hurt his knees because with how much they're paying him, you want him to play in the playoffs. So just uh, just keep resting him, Clippers. Can't fault you too much there. We'll certainly pick up later in the season, though. And then finally, something near and dear to my heart, the Golden State Warriors, they finally picked up a win over the Zion Williamson not their Pelicans Tuesday. Um, this is going to be a rough year for the Warriors. I mean, not only did they not have Clay Thompson, they don't have Seth Curry now with the broken hand. So just uh, we'll have to wait and see how that affects the Warriors with only Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell leading them. Not even sure how long they'll have D'Angelo Russell even with how he's been the topic of trade rumors as of late. Let's get to the final segment really quick here before I have to run out. Well, uh, the Washington Nationals won the World Series just last week, last Wednesday night. A very, very big win for Washington. Um, Of course, Washington dropped three in D.C., but uh, they turned that all around in Houston, won two again. Just a... Very interesting how all the road teams won the World Series. Of course, never happened before, but uh, Washington now has more World Series wins than World Series home wins. So look at it that way. Um, Steven Strasburg, fantastic game six to get the Nationals there. Um, Max Scherzer ended up starting game seven, which is... As good as you could want, really, with how he was feeling, of course, could not really even move before that, why he missed an earlier game. But uh, pitched a very solid game, gave up two runs, of course, but got the Nationals to a good spot. Um, Zach Cranky for the Astros was pitching light out, lights out until Rendon, Rendon hit his homer. Um, of course, I'm sure this has been beaten to death, but... Not the best move to take Granky out in that position. He was on fire all night. Low pitch count. I think you trust Zach Granky there to continue to pitch the way he was. He was doing a fine job. 
And then, of course, after that, Howie Kendrick hit a bomb with Juan Soto on base. The Nationals took the lead 3-2, to two, and the Astros were pretty much dead in the water at that point with uh, the sudden turn of the tides. Just really could not recover in any way for the Strohs. Zach Corbin, though, somebody that get, has been gone pretty overlooked. He was, he was pitching really lights out for how long he was in there up until the ninth. Just a fine job of being a bridge for the Nationals between Scherzer and Hudson. But a great performance by him there. Washington just, after that, played good baseball. They played their brand of baseball that they've been playing for the postseason. So not very surprised for uh, them to come out with it. But uh, congratulations to just a very weird team of dudes on winning the World Series for the first time in Washington Nationals history, the second time in D.C. history. Very nice job. Well, uh, before I head out here, just uh, want to give some more updates. Ole Miss coming with a little bit of a comeback attempt late in the fourth quarter. Just got a touchdown and an extra point. Now only down six against Auburn. We'll certainly look to try to cut that lead even further, get a quick stop here. Cincinnati still down to ECU, 34-28. ECU now has the ball on the Cincinnati 9, third and goal. So we'll try to get a play going there. Oh, and they have just scored a touchdown. 12-point lead for the Pirates. Certainly very unexpected happenings going on in Greenville. We'll certainly have to see how that looks on the Most American Recap coming out this Monday. Uh, SMU down 13 now to Memphis, 30-17. to 17. With the ball in Memphis territory, though, don't look to be out of it. Look to be coming right back into it early into the third quarter there. And then Oregon beating USC even more soundly now, close to the end of the second quarter. 28-17, absolutely electric second quarter by the Ducks, 28 points. Not more you can ask for. That's probably the most you can ask for, actually. But uh, that is all I have for hate the player, not the game. Thank you for listening to this Sat- Sports Saturday special edition. I have been Lucas Owens on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM.